Good morning. It's great to be here this morning. I'm going to continue to read uh, a little bit uh, further down in, in Judges chapter 16, if, if you've still got your Bibles open there. Um, in verse 18, when Delilah saw that he had told her all in his heart, she sent and she called the lords of the Philistines saying, come up again, for he has told me all that is in his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands. She made him sleep on her knees and she called the man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength was left in him. Then she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and he said, I will go out as at the other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill in the prison. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Before we go any further, I'd like to pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the warnings that we have in the scriptures. Lord, I pray that, uh, that you would shake us as we have a tremendous warning set before us here. Lord, I, I need warning after warning after warning. Lord, so much potential, so much potential in this room. And yet so many lives will be wasted. Lord, I pray that you would do a miracle through the power of your Holy Spirit to free us from the vice grip of this world from the vice grip of Satan himself. Shake us into reality. I pray that you would help me to say the words that you want me to say as we look at some of these things in this passage. In Jesus' name, amen. In Galatians chapter 5, there's that, that list of the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, just before that, we have a list of uh, the fruits of the flesh. Um, or works of the flesh. And it starts out, the first, uh, first four of them all have to do basically with sexual immorality. It starts out sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, and idolatry. And, and those sexual immorality, impurity, and sensuality, haven't those become an idol in our world today? They're, they're such an idol. So many of us are controlled by those things. And then I was just thinking, like, just, just to go to a narrative, a story that talks about some of these things. And the story of Samson is a perfect story about a man, a young man, with so much potential, super, supernatural strength that's given to him, superhuman strength, and yet so much potential wasted. Samson, the super judge, real life superhero. To just go through a couple of, uh, of the things that he did, so you just kind of run through these stories. And, and in Judges, it starts in chapter 14 and go th goes through, ch or chapter 13, and the stories about him go through chapter 16 here. But if you start reading the stories about him, first, he, as a young man, he runs into this lion. A lion attacks him, and with his bare hands, he rips the lion to pieces. A little bit after that, you've got uh, this story about him um, 
catching 300 foxes. And then he turns them all tail to tail, lights their tails on fire, and then looses these, these burning foxes into the standing grain of the Philistines, burning down all their fields. I don't even know how you would catch 300 foxes and then put them all tail to tail, get them, yeah, hold your tails still just a minute so I can light them. But he somehow does this, burns down all the fields of the Philistines. Shortly after that, you have another story. It's about uh, when he takes on a thousand men, a thousand Philistines, he kills them all with the jawbone of a donkey, one against a thousand. This guy's incredible. Then after that, he's dying of thirst and God does this miracle and opens up this rock and water comes pouring forth to give him a drink so that he can, he can survive. A little bit after that, um, he's locked into this city that has gates and walls all around it. And he realizes he's locked and trapped in this city. So in the middle of the night, he gets up. He rips up the gates of this city with its bars and the cement and everything. Puts a couple thousand pounds on his shoulders. And then he hikes up to the top of this mountain that's about 15 miles away. And he gets at the top and he holds up and he, and he flexes. It doesn't really say that, but I just imagine he's, <laughs> Samson! This is a he-man. But you know what? He's got a she problem. And it's decision after decision after decision after decision that ends up in his downfall. You look at a young man here with so much potential. So much spiritual strength is given to this man. And yet he just wastes it all. Warning. Warning. This is the story of many of you. And I'm not just talking to the men. So many of you young ladies, so much potential. And yet you're going to waste it away. If we could get this group back together in 20 years from now, how many of you will have wasted that spiritual potential that the Lord has given to you? Samson, the super judge. You know, if you start reading in chapter 13, you see that this man was born in tough times. Israel had been taken over by the Philistines. And you know, I was thinking about this. You've been born in tough times. After that, it says that um, this was a, a child that was promised to his parents. After that, real quickly, it says that his parents dedicated him to God. Some of you as little babies, your parents dedicated you to the Lord. Dedicated you to his service. Dedicated themselves to raising you in his ways. This was a man who was appointed to save Israel. It means God gave him a mission. Each one of you, God has given you a mission. Each one of you have different gifts and abilities, and God has given you a mission. And as you go through life and you start to discover your gifts and abilities, and God sends you along a certain way, you're going to discover that mission that God has given to you. Just as Samson had this mission. And then at the end of chapter 13, it says two things. It says, he was blessed by God, and the Spirit of God stirred him. You know... I can look back on certain times in my life when I know that the Lord was stirring my heart. I can look back 
had a time at summer camp and the Lord was stirring my heart to, to go after him wholeheartedly, to turn my back on sin and to, to run for righteousness, to, to walk with Jesus, cultivate an intimate relationship with him. I know that's, that probably most of you that are in this room, you've had that moment when the Lord was stirring you and you realized I've been so blessed by God in so many ways. I mean, just starting number one, I've, I've been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. What a blessing. What a blessing. And then it starts right there and so much potential that you have as God gives you different gifts and abilities and he's given you a mission like Samson is given this mission right here. One time in the jungles of Peru, I walked into this village and there was a, there was a monkey in this village that was dragging a bottle around. He was dragging this big old bottle. It was this little monkey like this big, but it had this bottle that was like this big, a little bit bigger than he was. He was just dragging around everywhere. And I was like, what happened to the monkey? And, and, and one of the guys, it was this, this beer bottle, and, and they had put this little coin inside the beer bottle. And, and, and the, the monkey made his hand small like this and could get it into the neck of the bottle and then grab the coin, making a fist. And then that fist, it was bigger, bigger than when his hand was in, in there. And, and so his... He was like a slave to the bottle. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't get his fist out, out through the neck of that bottle because he refused to let go of the shiny coin. And I just thought of, of, of this as I was thinking of the, the story of Samson right here, but uh, this monkey, he got what he wanted, but he lost what he had. He got a stupid little coin worth 10 cents but he lost his freedom. He should have been this monkey swinging through the trees, having a great time in the jungles of Peru, but no, he's lugging around this big old heavy bottle and he would refuse. He just refused to let go of the coin and, and, and walk in freedom. And that's you. As you grab a hold of sin and you lose your freedom in Christ. Oh, to just let go of that stupid sin that's holding you back. You know, and this is my main point out of this story right here that I want to emphasize so many times this morning, though he got what he wanted, but he lost what he had. That's Samson's story. And you could go through story after story after story in the Bible. Right from the first man, Adam, he got what he wanted, but he lost what he had. He got an apple. I really think it was a mango, but uh, <laughs> they say it was an apple in the stories and it's not in the Bible. But he got what he wanted, a piece of fruit. And he lost a perfect world. You go a little bit farther in the Bible and, and you've got the story of Lot. Lot looks out and he sees grass. It's really green. He got what he wanted, grass. But he lost what he had. An opportunity to walk with a man that's been called to follow the Lord to the promised land. You go a little bit farther and, and you get the story about Esau. Esau. Actually, I'm sorry, he's, 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 yeah, right in there. Esau, he gets what he wants, lentil soup. I don't even like lentils. <laughs> he got lentil soup, but he lost the blessing. Oh, there's nothing better than God's blessing on your life, and God has put his blessing on your life and so much potential that you have, but you end up being like Adam, like Lot, like Esau. You, you, you see this? 
tantalizing temptation and you go for it and you don't even realize you just lost what you had gaining this stupid thing that doesn't even matter. You go a little bit farther and you got that story about Achan. Do you remember that story? Goes into Jericho and he finds some Babylonian coins in a Babylonian clown suit. And, and, he, and he takes it. He got what he wanted, but he lost what he had. A Babylonian clown suit, that's what he got. And then he lost what he had, the opportunity to be part of one of the greatest generations that ever walked the face of the planet. To be part of that generation of Israel that would go into the promised land and inherit the promises and really go in invincible. God is fighting for them. And you know, I think about that with our generation. You live at the edge of eternity. We may well be la the last generation of Christians to walk the face of the planet. Standing right here at the edge of time. What an opportunity we have. And you're going to play video games? You're going to waste your potential and, and your opportunities and the things that God has put into your hands to be useful, a useful instrument in his hands. You're going you're gonna to do that. You're going to waste all of that potential in the moments and the time that you have to pursue sensuality, impurity, sexual immorality, idolatry. Pornography is destroying an entire generation. It's destroying many of you. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, listen to this. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside his body, but sexual immorality, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with the price, so therefore glorify God in your body. Um, does anyone have a, a wooden pencil here? Wooden. It needs to be a wooden pencil. Need a wooden pencil. Actually, I'll go back up here. It's a nice pencil, Ashton. Right? I like this pencil. It has a full eraser. A lot of times the eraser's already gone, but thank you. What was wrong with what I just did? <laughs> Anything wrong with that? Huh? No, but what was wrong with it? It's not mine. It's not mine. I have no right to take someone else's pencil and break it and stomp on it and kick it. It's not mine. Did you see what the verse said? You're not your own. You're bought with a price, therefore glorify God with your body. You're not your own. You know, if you're a believer, you're God's at least in two ways, maybe more. I can't think of more right now, but at least in two ways. You're God by creation. He created you. He gave you life. 
So just number one, like you owe him everything. But number two, as a Christian, you've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Redeemed. He bought you. Therefore, you're his on two accounts. You have no right to destroy this temple of the Holy Spirit. And according to 1 Corinthians 6, sexual sin, impurity, immorality, this is destructive to your body. Every other sin's outside of your body. This one is against your own body, and it's really not your own. It's God's. He owns you. And then you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have no right to do what I just did here. This, this is someone else's possession. And this is the story of Samson. Coming back to Samson right here, really quick. A he-man with a she problem. He couldn't control his eyes. And, and, and it's interesting. If you go back to, to chapter 14, just starting in the verse 1. And Samson went down. In verse 5, Samson went down. Verse 7, then he went down. And actually, if you keep on going, there's several times he goes down, 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 down. How many of you are in the process right now of spiraling down, down, down? It also mentions several times, and he looked and he saw, and he looked and he saw, and he looked and he saw, give her to me for she's pleasing to my eyes, he tells his parents. And it's just like Philistine woman after Philistine woman after Philistine woman. And the, the, the verses that Bria read starting out that I asked, asked her to read right there, you've got these Philistine men using this Philistine woman to cause this super judge of Israel to stumble and fall. Just really quickly, I want to say this. Women, you're in the devil's crosshairs. The devil has targeted women right from the beginning. You see that in Eve. The devil targeted Eve before he targeted Adam. So much potential. Women, so many of you with so much potential, so much gift and ability. And this world wants to use you for its own purposes. And then to gouge out the eyes of men, to bind them, to lull them to sleep spiritually, to cause them to grind at the mill. Someone has said this about this passage, sin, it blinds, it grinds, and it binds. That's what you see at Samson at the end of this passage right here. You see him, he's blind, he's grinding at the mill, and he's bound. Sin, it blinds, it grinds, and it binds. Really quickly, in my six minutes that I have left, we need to just rip all the clocks off the wall. If we're ever going to see revival, we just need to get rid of clocks. <laughs> I know you've got classes, so... In verse 19, look at this, uh, 16, verse 19. She made him sleep on her knees. Delilah, this woman that's being used by men 
to cause this man, Samson, to fall. She made him sleep on her knees. And this guy comes in and cuts off his hair. That was the most expensive haircut in the entire Bible. I mean, extremely expensive haircut. Look at what he lost. Look at what you've lost. Some of you are sitting there and you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I have lost so much. This has cost me so much. The sin, I've got what I wanted. A few pleasurable moments looking at pornography. And then I've lost what I had. I've fallen asleep spiritually. Fallen asleep spiritually. Here, I'm going to just do this. I'm going to finish down here. I, I think uh, I just want to go around and shake people. You, you got to, Aston, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. I just, maybe I'll shove, hopefully your shoulders are okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Wake up, wake up, wake up. I'll go for just the guys. Oh, a bunch of girls here. here the guy. Yeah. You got to wake up, wake up, wake up. And I, oh, Eric, wake up. You got to wake up too. I was just going to go around and just jump on people and shake them. And sh- it is time to wake up. Samson fell asleep. Look at this lulled to sleep by a Philistine woman. It is so interesting to me that he left the call of God on his life. Tremendous call of God on his life, on your life. He left the call of God to follow the call of a little Philistine girl. Men. It is time to wake up. He's lulled to sleep, spiritually speaking, right here. After that, really quickly, this is probably the saddest line in the Bible. Verse 20. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. The Lord had left him. And he didn't even know it. I mean, talk about a guy that's become so insensitive, spiritually speaking. He just lost all spiritual sensitivity and he just thinks, oh, I'm just going to free myself like at the other times. You know, you, you get to this point and you just... You kind of push God's patience, push God's patience, push God's patience, patience, and and you mistake God's patience for license to sin. Here, can I borrow a book? Give me. Okay, it's not a Bible. I wouldn't do this with a Bible. But here, I'm just going to, I'm going to test God's patience here. I'm going to pray that this book doesn't fall off the edge over there, okay? Lord. God, I pray that this book would not fall off the other side of this podium. God, I'm praying in the name of Jesus, do not allow this book to fall off the podium. Oh, Lord, I pray. Why did it fall off the podium? Because I was, but I was praying. But I was, pu- I, I was praying, but I kept pushing it. Pray for freedom. Pray for victory, but stop pushing the book. Take your hand away from sin. And here you've got this man that like all through this story, it's like God is so patient with him. God is so patient with you. And sometimes you find yourself praying, Lord, help me, help me. 
but you keep on pushing the book. You keep your hand at the sin. No, take it away. Look to Christ for help. Wow, there's still time. But here we've got a man, he's fallen asleep spiritually. God has actually left him. That ought to scare you. That is a scary verse right there. And I recognize in the New Testament, if you're truly saved, a saved Christian, you can't lose your salvation. But you certainly can lose your spiritual power. You certainly can lose every sense of the presence of God in your life. And this is the point that Samson has come to. God left him. Now look at in verse 21. And the Philistines seized him and they gouged out his eyes. He's blinded. Sin will cause you to fall asleep spiritually. Sin will cause you to lose the presence of God in your life. And sin will blind you. Before you know it, you can't see anything, spiritually speaking. You read your Bible and it's just dull now. No spiritual insight. Is this you? You know, there's a story about uh, how the Eskimos would, would hunt wolves in Alaska. First, they'll hunt like a caribou or a deer, which is a lot easier to hunt than a wolf. And so they'll kill a caribou or a deer. They'll take the blood and they'll begin to, to freeze the blood onto a double-edged knife that is uh, sharpened, razor sharp. And so pretty soon they've got all this blood on this knife, a big ball of blood. And then they'll take this ball of blood out into the woods and then they'll go back to the igloo and they'll watch a basketball game or something on, <laughs> on, on, on TV. And then it, as, as the ball of blood is sitting out there in the forest, it attracts the wolves. They smell the blood. They come running and they begin to lick. And they're licking and licking and licking the blood ball. And, and you know what happens. Pretty soon, as they're licking the blood ball, they get to that razor sharp edge of the knife and slices the tongue. And it hurts, but it spurts more blood, more blood, more yum. It hurts, but it tastes so good. It hurts, but it tastes so good. And, and, and this wolf is killing itself for, for the love of the blood and the experience that it's having it kills itself. What a picture of sin. What a picture of exactly what's happening in the life of many of you. You're destroying yourself for the momentary pleasure that sin brings. Oh, turn from it. Turn from it. Run to Christ. Wow, there's still time. And, and, and then they end up in the end binding him. He's bound with these bronze shackles. He's grinding at the mill in the prison there in verse 21. Totally humiliated. Sin brings an expensive price tag. And in the end, you're totally humiliated. As all the Philistines are gathered around mocking so much more that can be said, and we're running out of time. In verse 28, this right here, this verse is the whole reason why Samson is in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. 
And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak, of Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. These are stories from the Old Testament that the writer of Hebrews is talking about. Strangers and aliens in the world. These guys were just passing through. Men and women that saw great victory by faith. And Samson is in the list. Shocking. And it's because of this verse right here. Verse 28. Then Samson called to the Lord and he said, Oh Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me only this once, O oh God. This is the only thing good that he does in his entire story. And it's an encouragement to me that here, I mean, it ends sad. He dies with 3,000 Philistines. But at least the story ends with him crying out to the Lord. Oh, the Lord can restore you. You've gone down this path. You've lost all spiritual sensitivity. Some of you have completely fallen asleep, spiritually speaking. I'm trying with this message to grab you and to shake you, to shove you, to wake you up somehow. You've fallen asleep. God, his presence, anyway, the, the, you can't feel his presence anymore in your life. You've been bound by sin. In a way, you've been, your eyes have been gouged out. You're spiritually blind. This is what you need to do. Cry out to the Lord. Don't go to your next class. Go to your room. Get on your knees and just cry out to the Lord. Oh God, please remember me. Lord, strengthen me this once, just once. Bring back the joy of salvation. Oh, I long for victory. Like the blood ball that was destroying the lives of those, those wolves, I turn my back on sin and run to Christ. This is your only chance. This is your only answer. This is your only hope. Samson, he got what he wanted. A Philistine girl. But he lost what he had. Supernatural, spiritual strength. There is nothing better than having supernatural spiritual strength. God's hand on your life. His blessing, his call, his mission. But many of you are beginning down a path, going after something that's worth nothing in the grand scheme of things. And some of you will get what you want. Oh, but you'll lose what you had. Tremendous opportunity and blessing in the Lord. Opportunity to live a life not wasted. Opportunity to be a useful instrument in God's hand. Oh, don't walk away from this, this challenge and this warning without reflecting before the Lord. 